Football on Off The Ball. Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in-play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store. So Dave is still in the studio. We're going to be talking to Craig Sexton from the FAI very shortly as well about the pro license course. Andy Reid was on last night, very good explaining it. And Craig will give us an insight into what they're actually teaching them. And maybe if you want to get involved and start working up that pyramid, working up that ladder, how you can get involved over the next couple of years. A reminder as well about our Bulmers Road to Gold event in Clonmel. 1st of February, it's on, building up to the Gold Cup with a number of special off-air shows throughout February and March. On the 1st, there'll be comedy from Apri Matches, Barry Murphy, David Brady will be there. Comedy from Barry Murphy and David Brady. Johnny Ward, Vogue Williams will be there. And a top lineup of guests that will include Nina Carberry, Katie Harrington, Ollie Bell from ITV, and Jared Gilroy. To get your tickets, go to offtheball.com forward slash events right now. Tickets are free, but you must be over 18 to enter. It's the Bulmers Road to Gold event at the Clonmel Park Hotel on February 1st. So Chelsea 2, Spurs 1. 71 minutes gone at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea went 2-0 up in the first half. They were absolutely flying goals from N'Golo Kante and Eden Hazard. But Spurs have fought their way back into it. Fernando Llorente equalised, has had a couple of decent chances. And just there, Lucas Moura scored what would have been another, <coughs> or nearly scored what would have been another sensational goal. Paulo Casaniga, yeah, who we, we were um, criticising. We mentioned the Christian Eriksen near assist a moment ago. This um, You might um, expect it from Christian Eriksen. <coughs> yeah, this sumptuous driven half volley cross from the right-hand side and it was uh, just a really poor execution of a, a volley about eight, ten yards out from Fernando Llorente. But then two minutes later, Gazzaniga, the Tottenham goalkeeper, he has seen a run timed perfectly to breach the offside trap from Lucas Moura and he has drilled a ball from the edge of his own area over the heads of the Chelsea defenders off the outside of his boot. Lucas Moura didn't have to break stride and he couldn't hit the target. It was a really poor effort. Um, now, that's not to say that Tottenham were completely dominating the game because there have been moments for Chelsea as well in the last 10 minutes um, where they've had one or two very good chances as well and brought a couple of saves out of uh, the Tottenham keeper also. There are challenges flying in all over the place. The a yellow card has been shown to Mauricio Sarri in the Chelsea sideline for getting a bit too involved. Um, all the talk around this time of the year every year when we get to the third round of the FA Cup and now what is the fourth round this weekend about the mm. romance and the magic of the cup not being what it was this competition has been brilliant for a long time now the semi-finals have <laughs> always been one of the best nights of the year except when Manchester City end up playing Burton Albion but generally <laughs> you end up with two of the best teams playing and it bloody matters yeah and the two-legged um, format of the semi-finals adds an awful lot mm. to it the top teams rise to the top in this competition for the most part. Yeah, you're going to get a Burton Albion every so often getting to a, a League Cup semi-final. But I've had some really good experiences watching oh. Oh, Hazard just drives on past the post, watching the, the League Cup over the years. And the upsets even in the early rounds seem to mean a little bit more. I, is it because it's under the lights? I'm not sure what the reason for it is. But the FA Cup, in my mind... Now, I know if Kevin Caban was sitting here, he would scoff at this. He's standing right over there. <laughs> but to my mind, the FA Cup is now superseded by the League Cup. I would agree. I think it's more... The FA Cup is a pain because we're in the middle of what looks like a really good title race. And now we have a that break. That is a huge point you've just We have made. a break this weekend. You Even don't Manchester feel United annoyed. Arsenal tomorrow night. I'm not excited about it. You don't feel annoyed watching the League Cup because this is it's a bonus. the Premier League away from Well, us. it was the League Cup that gave us Declan Lynch's immortal line that you should never not watch a game of football after, was it Arsenal 7, Reading 4, which is on a quiet Tuesday night, and you're thinking, <laughs> there's no way I'm watching this, and it turns out to be one of the greatest games of all time. I do remember 
waking up. Um, it was around, was it 1990? Lee Sharp was starting to make a real name for himself at Old Trafford. They beat Arsenal 6-2 in a League Cup tie. I heard the, the, the bulletin on the news the following morning. I thought, wow, I didn't even know Manchester United were playing Arsenal last night. You would know all about it now if they were playing each other in the League Cup as Chelsea miss another chance. This is end-to-end. It's absolutely brilliant. So as things stand, what, 16 minutes left, as Richie said, away goals will only count if the uh, tie is level after extra time. So if Tottenham are to see this one out and failing to score at the other end, they're going to have to see out another 36 and a half minutes. So let's talk about Stephen Kenny because he had his first, I guess, regular press conference as Republic of Ireland under-21 manager earlier today out in Abbottstown, out at the FAI headquarters. You were out on the beat? I was on the beat, Dave. Proper, proper journalism out there asking the tough questions. Breaking the big stories. Uh, Keith Andrews was meant to be in work today. I couldn't help but notice he wasn't there. What's going on? Do we get compensation? That's a good question. I'd say it's probably already been uh, hammered out with the FAI. I can only imagine. (laughs) Huge numbers, I would have thought. I I can only imagine. So uh, I asked... Stephen Kenny about his backroom team and why he decided he wanted Keith Andrews and Jim Crawford as his assistants. Yeah, I'm delighted with the, the overall backroom team, you know, quite excited by it. Obviously, uh, Keith Andrews and Jim Crawford, um, very dynamic people, you know, good positive people. Uh, Jim, uh, I've known Jim a while and he's, you know, he's obviously had great experience at inter- with international coaching with, through, through the age groups. And um, been the manager of the eighteen team in the recent in the recent in the last couple of years, and uh, Keith um, has been obviously coaching as well with, with MK Dons and also with the under seventeen and eighteen international teams, and someone that has has an awful lot to offer. I feel both of them, I feel, yeah, have a lot to, a lot to offer them. You know, we will need that throughout the campaign. Of course, four, minimum of four games in Toulon over fourteen days, so you need. You need uh, two coaches, which you in that you know for for that period for sure. And over over the campaign, we'll be busy. Dan Connor, by all accounts, did a very good job last in the last campaign with uh, as goalkeeping coach. And obviously, he played in the league here with Drogheda and and Waterford. And uh, he's working well at Wigan at the moment. So uh, Damien Doyle um, is someone that I met over the last couple of years and. Uh, He's recently moved back to Ireland, um, and I was aware of that. And he's worked for 18 years in in England uh, uh, with good clubs, and he's you know very professional. Kevin Mulholland is a uh, is actually I didn't. He's from Knockbridge, just outside of Dundalk, and obviously I, I went to visit him recently in Southampton. He's Southampton's lead physio, lead rehab physio there at the first team. He's only 34 years of age, so very very professional, dynamic group. Actually, Dr. Ronan Kearney's moved up as well from the under 18s, and uh, and Gary Seely has come in as well. So I'm very happy with all of, all of the staff. Yeah, very much a new era for the under 21 side. Very relaxed today, actually. Very noticeable there for anyone who's watching on any of our social channels. Stephen Kenny, I think, very much in in a happy environment for him, just talking football. Yeah, he did look like he was comfortable in the position he was. He's taken up. He's had a couple of weeks, or certainly well longer than that, to kind of think about what his first press conference is press conference as a manager mm. who's actually selected a squad was going to be like and it's a free pass really I think a lot of people will be happy with the the theory behind the makeup of the squad like they are 21 players based on this island so 19 from the League of Ireland 2 from the North and they have nothing to lose no one's going to tra- expect anything camp. from them here if you get 5 or 6 players that you can keep an eye on over the next year I'd say you'd be very happy with that I yeah. did ask uh, Stephen Kenny at the end of that press conference as well about 
what's going to happen come August 2020 when, come hell or high water, he will be the Republic of Ireland senior team manager as to whether or not this group, management group, is going to move with him or whether perhaps Keith Andrews and Jim Crawford move up and become the under-21 managers. He says, listen, I'm not going to be in charge of appointing the next under-21 manager. And he's not really thinking about it right now. So, But he no is going to be in charge of appointing his backroom staff so, for the senior team. So. Right now, he's certainly not committing to anything. Obviously, Robbie Keane is there as the assistant manager right now with McCarthy and may also have plans for 18 months' time in, in that role. Yeah, but you would hope that when it comes to the point where Stephen Kenny is putting his backroom team mm. together for the senior setup, that he's not being influenced in any way, that Stephen gets to make all of these calls himself and that something that is maybe a hangover of a previous regime isn't going to um, intervene too much on what, on what his thoughts are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and there's plenty of time. And we will talk about that over the next yes, 18 months. Uh, so obviously a lot of the talk was about results and what's he going to be judged on and the various criteria. Is it style of play? Is it how we get on in the few qualifiers? The Toulon tournament, which they're going to play this summer, in France, he, he was making a point, and maybe part of it was playing down expectations, was about the lack of first-team football for under-21 players at the moment. No, I've been taking in a lot of matches. Obviously, I've spoken to a few, a couple of managers. Even this week, it was great to, on, you know, on the, on the pro license, just to see the, you know, obviously uh, the Dutch, uh, the Netherlands assistant manager and first-team coach were there. It was great. Uh, you know, it was great to, to meet them and uh, to see see how they work and so forth. And um, but I've obviously been, been talking to a few people, but and and met a few people. But my 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 remit now is to try and get up to speed with the players at the moment, um, because at the moment there's n- there's very few players playing in any force team. In one way, that feels quite remarkable, but then it's not. How many young players are playing Premier League football right now? Like that's why Declan Rice is so exceptional that a twenty is playing week in week out. Trent Alexander Arnold, but there's probably a handful of them. You would hope that come the start of next season, some of those players are starting to force their way in a Championship, League One level, because it's, it makes his job very difficult. I was asking him that about under twenty three level, the likes of Ryan Nolan, Connor Masterson, uh, who playing at very big clubs but aren't playing much football. That it's very hard to compare those guys with <coughs> players who are playing reserve football, who are playing first division football here in Ireland. It's hard to know yeah. what a player's ability is right now when you, they don't play competitive games. I guess the only way for him to find that out is to pick them. Mm. I think he's going to... This is, this is maybe a one-off in terms of the makeup of it being an entirely domestic-based squad. Oh, absolutely it is. He is obviously going to get the... qualifier op- against Luxembourg, it'll yeah. be whatever his main squad is. He will get the opportunity to maybe put together a squad that is a blend of domestic-based players... A, two or three players who are maybe getting some game time in the lower leagues over in England and Scotland and then a handful of players that are playing for their under-23 clubs uh, teams at, at their clubs whatever level that may be at Premier League Academy level for example so he, he's going to get to find that out he'll see firsthand what it is like to measure these guys against each other he's a guy that uh, like Troy Parrott for example he's scoring some goals for the Tottenham under-23s and mm. is getting a little bit of a taste of what it's like to be in and around the first team squad on match day how do you, does he compare to a guy that's going to pl- have maybe played 15, 16 League of Ireland games by the time that tournament rolls around and is getting regular, hard, grizzled first-team football and knows exactly what it takes to win in a big game? One of the reasons there was such excitement about Stephen Kenny getting involved was because of the style of football that Dundalk <coughs> played with and also the way he spoke about Irish football and Irish footballers and that technically 
we weren't what we had seen over the past 12, 18 months under Martin O'Neill, that we should expect more. So he, he spoke about that and uh, the inferiority complex that might be there in Irish football at the moment. Well, I, th- I think, first of all, we've got to know, you know, we can't rule anything out. Obviously, we're playing to, to win games. You know, we don't have an inferiority complex. You know, we'll certainly be trying to, trying to win all the games that we can. Um, I'm only getting to grips with the players, getting to know them now. Been at various under-23 games in England over the last uh, few weeks, and um, just getting a picture of of, of who's available. And uh, it's there's a sort of wider remit, there's the opportunity to go and play qualifiers, and and try and uh, build a team for the for the championships. But there's also the wider remit of players developing and getting an opportunity to try and become further. Uh, Full internationals in the future. Yeah, so that was Stephen Kenny. I think there is inferiority complex. I think the last two managers, we've, we've had 10 years of managers telling our players, um, both privately, I would imagine, but certainly publicly, telling the football supporters of Ireland that th- we don't have technically gifted players. We don't have the ability to get the ball down and play, as Me- Trapattoni was one to tell us so often. We don't have Leo Messi in our team. Um, that, I think, is a major thing for Stephen Kenny because... It's been very obvious that Irish teams have gone out over the last few mm. years against supposedly inferior opposition and not felt that they had the capacity to play the ball and play the game in a certain way. Stephen Kenny has a lot of work to do. Mick McCarthy, who has that immediate job with the players we're talking about now, has that job in front of him. No one wants to see Ireland play under Mick McCarthy the way they've played for the last 10 years. And it's going to take an awful lot to change the mindset of some of our best players to a situation where they're actually happy to make a mistake and happy to give the ball away if it is in them trying to play the game in a certain way. And that's a difficult thing. That's, that's where the cutthroat nature of international football comes in. When we're playing Georgia on that Tuesday night in March in the first home qualifier, Jeff Hendrick gets the ball. Does he try something? And what if it doesn't come off? Does the crowd politely applause and say, yeah, we're trying something different? Or do they get on his back? I don't know. I think a lot of that is down to the approach that Mick McCarthy takes outwardly to to the build-up to those games. I think if Mick McCarthy does what some managers have in the past, Pep Guardiola is one manager that openly does it. If there's this mistake of that type made in this game, it's all on me. I am telling the players to play in a certain way. I'm telling the goalkeeper to find his fullbacks and centre-halves. If this goes wrong, it's on me. I've given them licence to do it. I want my players to try things. And if that means they're going to make a mistake... That is absolutely fine. But is that Mick McCarthy's remit? See, that's one of the other questions here. I think that's Stephen Kenny's remit over the next two years with the under-21s and two years after that with the senior team. But Mick McCarthy, all he cares about is qualifying. Nothing else matters. The long-term future of Irish football, rejuvenating our style of play, none of it matters. He's leaving that gig in 18 months no matter what. He just needs to qualify. Yeah, I understand that, but we have failed to qualify under previous managers where the football is terrible to watch. I'd rather fail to qualify where at least you can see that the players are trying to do something. And it's not Mick McCarthy's remit to you know, save, safeguard the future of Irish international football, but I hope that Mick sees that sort of approach to playing the game as his best way to potentially qualify. How will Keith cope with the under-21s? Who'll take the Mickey out of his 1977 haircut? Asked the walk and sound Beckenbauer. I'd imagine in a group of 19 and 20 year olds there'd be no shortage of them. There'd be plenty of haircuts and there'd be plenty of time put into those haircuts so he'll be in good company. 
You'll be perfectly fine. Don't worry about him. Take At care. what stage do we have to stop mocking the assistant manager to the Irish under twenty one? Like, is there a cutoff point on that? I think we get till the first match, and then we have to <laughs> show. At show some due stage, respect. we have to show some respect. We will absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we will, Keith. If you're listening, we will show you respect soon. Soon. <laughs> hey guys, according to Sky, no away goals, no extra time, straight to penalties. Says Darren in Dublin fifteen. Richie's, Richie's, uh, if Richie's dropped the ball on this one, it's a disaster he, he's for made Richie. a mockery of this entire show. So they've decided, obviously, because as is the way people don't want more football, extra time's always it's just a bit too much, anyways. I think fine, go straight to penalties. So there'll be penalties in four minutes. Chelsea leading Spurs 2 1 on the night. It is 2 all on aggregate. And by the sounds of it, we're heading to penalties. Quick break, and we're going to be talking about coaching in Ireland. Football on Off The Ball Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app Cash out and in-play betting Available in the App Store and Google Play Store Ooh, chance for Chelsea Deep into injury time in their Carabao Cup semi-final It's Chelsea 2, Spurs 1 on the night 2 all on aggregate 91 minutes gone 4 minutes of injury time We are 3 minutes away from penalty kicks They are going straight to penalties if it finishes like this. But right now we're joined in the studio by Craig Sexton, who is the FAI's Coach Education Coordinator. How are you? Thanks for having me. You had a busy week. So the FAI Pro Licence has been taking place over the past few days. 19 involved. Uh, with Andy Reid on the show last night talking about some of the intricacies and some of the things that they're learning. How did it all go? Yeah, it was great. It was great. It was, it was a really good week. Um, a good start to the course. Um, it's, it's a long process for them. So for us to kind of get them in and, and get them settled and open their eyes to kind of what's going to happen for the next eight day months the long process that they have is uh, is good and um, to get them chatting with each other debating discussing um it, it is good it was, it was a great start we thought we were going to do some top class guest speakers in and we dwight load away just k is van der warren from the dutch national team there two two assistant coaches and we'd make mccarty terry connor so we'd we'd a, we'd a good start in terms of guest speakers profile guest speakers which was good where does the template for the pro license come from is this a UEFA initiative that you then implement? Yeah, so all of all of our UEFA courses would have a would would be based around course competencies um, from UEFA, and that's what we work off. So there'll be a list of seven competencies that we need to tick all the boxes right throughout in terms of our guest speakers need to be aligned with the competencies, um, our coaching practice, all the different elements. Everything is geared towards the competencies, um, so that would that would basically make up our syllabus or our curriculum um, off the back of everything is, is aligned with the competencies. Um, so, yeah. By the sounds of what Andy was saying last night, what I've heard from some other people who've finished the course is, even though it's called a coaching course, by the time you get to pro license, it almost sounds like it's more a management course, yeah. that it's it's not so much just the basic sessions. At, at this stage, you've gone through the ringer and you understand how to put on a session. This is actual real-life dealing with finances, dealing with everything that you would have to deal with if you went into a big club as a manager. Absolutely. Like we, 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 so a part of our role will be to go away and, and, and research best practice around UEFA, Europe, all different nations, and come back with what's happening on the ground currently. And, and that would be in terms of dealing with external factors, dealing with, with boards, dealing with players, dealing with on-pitch activities, dealing with games. So we try and expose the lads to all of this um, these these problems that he may face right right throughout, as opposed to directly pitch stuff on A and B license. So there's obviously a, a big Dutch influence in Irish football at the moment with Rude Doctor, and you just spoke about some of the backroom team being over this week. Like, where is best practice right now? Where are the places you're looking, thinking? Actually, they seem to be ahead of the curve. It's all over, um, and we're quite lucky with Rude. To be totally honest with you, so Rude sits on the Jordan panel, which is a, a group of. 
um, coach educators in UEFA, and they they kind of dictate what kind of happens within within European football mm. as such, and, and they're kind of the brainstorming all the time. And real, we kind of have the jump on a lot of nations because real is on the Europe panel, so we kind of know what's happening in terms of best practice. Um, it's we research everywhere to be totally honest with you. We, we, from Wales, from close to us, we go to. We were in Hungary last year, and um, the guys were in France. We we kind of get around everywhere to kind of take bits and pieces from everywhere, um, and see what's good and what's suited to here. So it's best practice might be fantastic for somewhere else, but we need to make it relative to, to kind of our country mm. and what suits for air demands really. So they've had a pretty intensive week by all accounts, four days together, living together, 24 hours a day, living, breathing this thing. Where do they go for the next 18 months? So, they, so the, the process for them guys is they have 10 contact blocks over, over the 18 months, so 10, four days, 10, three days, depending on the, on the contact block. Some of them may be out of country, we bring them to to a, to a club somewhere, they, they meet managers or whatever it may be. Um, and do you facilitate that? Andy spoke last night, he'd love to go to Athletic Bilbao and that maybe the wheels were in motion already? Yeah, we'd look at we'd look at different clubs in terms of and the previous pro license we would have spent time in Cardiff City, or sorry, in Cardiff we went to the Ireland Wales game but we also went to Swansea while we were there so we met Paul Clement and we also took in Bristol Rovers while we were there with Daryl Clark. We would have went to Peck Swalla in, in Holland and another group went to Belgium. Um, so, so we try and get around in terms of what we facilitate that. That's all on us. It's it's a part of their their course. It's a contact block that, and we we bring them in and we expose them to, to kind of what's going on within that club and, and hopefully you can can open their eyes to, to real football mm. as well to help them. And how how is it monitored? How they're getting on in each of these contact blocks? Do they have to write a report? Is there a diary or a journal yeah. kept? Or do you get feedback from the clubs that say like would Bilbao give you guys some sort of a feedback on how Andy had got on or what he had seen or what he'd heard? So, so we would be with them on them contact blocks. So we'd be <coughs> we'd be we'd be facilitating that as okay. well. Um, but in terms of in terms of us evaluating right throughout. Um, the guys would have in, in term, they'd have a mentor group so they, they'd be sm- in small groups within the course and um, they'd be assigned a tutor from the start so a tutor would look after them for, for the whole course regular one-to-one meetings um, they'd, they'd, they'd do their self-evaluations they'd have uh, the assignments um, unfortunately Nyla Regan was the man to deliver the assignments on uh, last night you had to show them what they've got to do for the full eight day month so he gives them the annual plan saying there you go go away with that a bit of a grim reaper job but that's <laughs> he was the unfortunate and are they taken aback yeah. as this sort of news is delivered to them or do they have an expectation that this is the sort of paperwork that's going to be required to be completed in the months to come yes, some would and some wouldn't um, it, it's just the nature of the beast that they've got, it's got to be done it, it's a body of work that they can take away and, and it's, it's useful for them it's not a tick the box exercise where it's mm. a, I've done this for the course it's it's a body of work that they can reference whilst mm. they're in a role again that it's actually dealing with a, cri- a critical incident maybe a, a, an assignment so they can actually reflect back on that at some point in their career and say actually do you know what I've got a body of work here that I can, I can use as a reference point for me to go forward so it, it, it's for them it ticks all the boxes with the competencies but it's actually for them it's a body of work that they can use You've got a, a, a very good mix among that 19 there from players who've had hugely you know, some of our greatest ever players have yeah. been out there for the last few days to players who've come through the League of Ireland and coaches who've come through the League of Ireland some coaches from abroad as well so they've all different backgrounds, a GA background in Jim McGuinness's case. It's not ticking boxes. Does it, does everybody pass? How, you know, like does when you look back on the five six previous courses you've done, have there been people who actually it's just been too much for? Yeah, look, we we, we last um, probably since we started with sixteen and we finished with fourteen. Okay. Um, a couple didn't finish the course. Keith being one, he deferred his course due to his war commitments and things like that. Um, it's not a tick the box, absolutely not. So you've got to kind of meet your competencies right throughout the end of the course. So you, you enter at a level through the application process, all that kind of stuff. You enter at 
a level of competency and you've got to exit at a level of competency mm-hmm. and if you haven't met the competencies the tutors will work with you it's it, it's not a thing of it's a cut, cut and dry you fail the course you're not getting through we're there to help everybody and that's at every level of our courses from B licence to A licence we're there to help people and to, and to get them across the line as best we can but they've got to reach a, a, a minimum level of competency I guess it's this strange one as well in that you've like Jim McGuinness is now in charge of Charlotte Independence over in America he's, he is a first team manager He's got a year, like, is, is his result of the pro licence course dependent on how he gets on as manager of his club? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's there as a tool to aid him. So so all, all of the information, all the discussions, all the debates, the environment that's set within the course is there to help him in his role. Um, that, that, that should be an evolving process. So as the pro licence kind of evolves for him, I think his role should evolve as well because it's kind of lined up together. Even his pre-season starts in February. Um, we would have been speaking about periodization on, on block one because it's everybody's pre-season and that's going to be our planning stage so it kind of works, it fits in quite well with his, his season planning so I'd like to think that it, it's quite structured with him and, and it might help him along the way That game between Spurs and Chelsea has gone to penalties Dave, you keep an eye on that and we'll keep you up to date as it develops at Stamford Bridge So this comes down from UEFA, ye implemented how much room is there for, for individual thought in all this? Because like it strikes me, even talking about Jim McGuinness, very different character to some of those other people there. How much is it left up to the individual to put their own stamp on on what happens with the pro licence over yeah, the next year? Absolutely, and that, that's where the competencies come into play, and that's where they're so crucial, because it's, it's a general, one of our competencies may be dealing with external factors. Us three sitting here may have different opinions on our different experiences within dealing with external factors. So now our individuality can come out with a, um, a new way in terms of our how our tutors would react and, and, and the kind of the environments that we set. We try and keep it very much so that it's about the learner. Everybody learns differently. Everybody mm-hmm. has different experiences. We need to guide them in that way. It's not about the tutor's way or our FEI coach education's way. Your way is not always the right way. We, we just deliver our best practice and guide people along the way and facilitate them to, to kind of get to the end goal but with, with, the, with the people's different competencies in mind as well. Yeah, there's 19 on this one. Is that every second year that the FAI do a yeah, pro so license every course? Every two years, basically, we, we, we run a pro license. Yeah. It's not a lot of coaches coming out at the very end, like 19 coaches every two years. Why don't we take in more? Um, it, there's a criteria from UEFA, we can only take 20. Um, there's a number set, set on it. Um, in terms of our, our pool of, of coaching mm. opportunities, um, we only run one every two years. And, and and that's what that's what UEFA have have governed down to us that we run it every two years. Would there be the demand there to do it every year? Um, I think that there definitely would be the demand. Um, is there a need for us to run it? Probably not. Why? Um, just down to the fact that the course takes eighteen months. Is the first one that we, we like to stretch our course over the eighteen month block um, and and take our time through the course and make mm. sure that we're, we're we're meeting all the criteria for the guys. It just feels that for say somebody who maybe applied for this and and missed out. It's a hell of a long time, sort of, to wait two years to get back on the course, and almost another two years to be finished the pro license. Like it's, it's four years. There's not a huge amount of fully paid coaching positions in this country that, if you narrowly miss out, like, it might be hard for you to stick with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And but look, currently, you only need it for the top ten teams in, in the country. So in the Premier Division, it's, it's only a requirement for for the pro license. So, um, for them guys to to have the if if you see yourself as an up and coming coach and you feel that that's mm. something you want to do down the line and you want to you want to invest in yourself to go and better yourself to, to potentially work full time within the game and professionally, and um, that's something that you probably need to look at going forward and, and put yourself in that position because there is a number of people on the current course who are possibly <coughs> putting themselves in that position for future positions as opposed to right now. You know the kind of way. So is it is it LinkedIn 
with the number of professional clubs. Is that why UEFA are saying that 20 is the maximum? Yeah. So they're not building you to export coaches, it's just for whatever you need in your own country? No, but you always have the wiggle room, and wiggle room is probably the wrong word, but we have a percentage of, of coaches that we can take at every licence level. So B, B licence, A licence, Pro licence. Within the number of our participants, we can take 10% of people who haven't completed education previously. With us. So if, if somebody's coming onto an A licence um, and they've, they've done a B licence in England, for example, 10%, we can take a small margin of them from, from England, for example, right. that can come into our programme. So what about people who, who might be listening in and who are involved in, in their local club and are starting out on the ladder? Like, how far, how long would it, could it take to get to this level? It's, it's really dependent on what people want out of the game. And, and, and that's something that we're, we're quite, quite open with and, and discussing with people. If, if you feel that you want to have a profession in the game, you really need, really need to be serious about it and really need to push yourself. If, if you want to do it as a rec recreational mm. side of it, that option is there for you as well. It's it's something that previously the pro license was always the pinnacle, and, and you wanted to go to pro license because in the linear fashion that, that our pathway used to be, that the best coaches went to pro license. We've looked to change that now, and we, we've, for example, we've introduced a, an elite grassroots license. So for we we see for coaches who who may coach under sixes to under sixteens every eight years, they drop back down and, and whatever it may be, and they're experts in their field within this area. And for them, they're never going to go and be a B license, A license, Pro license, because they don't want to work full time in the game. So we've we've tried to open up an avenue for them where they're where they're getting um, noticed as as elite coaches and within their within their field because they shouldn't have to go to Pro license to mm. be noted as a good coach. And um, so that's something that we've we've looked to do within that area as well and grow it for, for the, the grassroots level as well because it's not just all about pro license these people are, are crucial to what we do in the game as well For because the, the whole reason why we do a coach education program is to make better players yeah. we make better coaches we make better players and that's what that's what we all want we all want better players for senior international team playing in the Aviva and that, that's, why, that's why we do our job 53106 is the text number you can leave a comment on any of our social channels it is Chelsea 3 <coughs> Spurs 2 yeah. uh, Spurs the only one to have missed the penalty so far yeah, Dave blazed over by uh, Eric Dyer, Chris Waddle style, he had three or four yards to spare over the crossbar. Ericsson, William Lamella and Aspilicueta all scored their penalties. That made it 2-2. Dyer missed by a, a long way. Jorginho has just scored for Chelsea. So they're 3-2 up. Tottenham are taking their fourth at the moment. And Lucas Morris had his penalty saved by Aritza Balaga. So uh, Chelsea will go through to the League Cup final if they score their next penalty, their fourth. All right, so Mauricio Pochettino looking a uh, slightly worried man there at Stamford Bridge, understandably so, as that penalty was saved from Lucas Moore. Kepa with that save. So Chelsea on the cusp of setting up a Carabao Cup final against Manchester City. We'll just stick with this for a moment. We'll come back to this chat uh, as Chelsea step up to take this penalty. In fact, they're taking a slow walk. My final question, and just on this grassroots level, it's David Luiz going to take this. That actually sounds very interesting, this sort of elite grassroots level coach because as you say for the vast majority of people they just enjoy going out to their club they enjoy being part of the community and they want to feel like actually that it's quite big time that it, it, they're taking it seriously and they're they're learning themselves and that they can watch Champions League and Premier League games and somehow related to what they're doing on the training ground how do you get into that what so, so it's a set criteria. So, so we we kind of do it as an application process as well because we want to add some weight to it. Because it, so it's not just for for everybody to come in and to receive the, the license mm. as such. And um, so it's a hundred hours worth of coach education. So if you've the if you've gone and invested in yourself and, and want to make yourself better, um, that that opens the door. Five years coaching experience as well as another criteria. So it's an application process. It's not as 
as strict as, as some of our BEs and A licenses may be, um, but we do have an application process. Um, and then they come in and they do two weekend courses. So it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They come back in a couple of months later, some assignments in between. What are you teaching them? So they, they kind of come away. Effectively, the role would be like a, a director of coaching at a, at a school boy club. Okay. It, it's kind of where we'd, we'd kind of see the role. So they come away with syllabuses. They'd come away with linking in with programs, how to, how to grow your club, um, little things like that. All right, good stuff. Craig, thanks a lot for coming in. And uh, Phil, as I said, I'm sure we'll talk about this a lot more down the line. We'll be hearing from all the lads who were on the pro licence over the last few weeks. Uh, plenty. We'll be getting a full review out of Keith Andrews. <laughs> now we can review him in every different way. It gets very complicated from here on in, I think. Uh, Chelsea are through to the Carabao Cup final. David Louise. Yeah, well taken penalty. Drilled it into the corner. Gatsunigo went the right way. We've got no one near it. Uh, Tottenham go out in the semis again. Losers is what you said, Dave. Not for the first time you're putting words in my mouth in the show. Losers. may well have to rethink my next appearance here. Perennial losers was your words a little bit <laughs> earlier on. Uh, Maurizio Pochettino looks thoroughly fed up right now. It's Chelsea against Manchester City in the Carabao Cup final. We'll take a quick break. Football on Off The Ball. Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in-play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store. Oh, we're almost done. Chelsea celebrating. They'll be taking selfies in the dressing room next, Dave. For reason what? Carabao Cup final? Come on. Come back to me when you win something. Okay. No. Pour, uh, pour water on their, uh, their, their hot water. Cold water? Cold water. Does this, uh, does this mean that Maurizio Sarri got it right in laying into his players? Well, they definitely played well tonight. Although Tottenham also energy. There was a bit of again. fight about them. Yeah, there really was. I mean, they rushed out of the gates, went up 2-0 pretty quickly. And they're better, they're better players. Um, got the goals and they should have finished it off before the penalty shootout a, a perfect delivery in the eyes of Olivier Giroud just what he would like to be sent in from a wide channel and he just completely fluffed his header didn't get anything near enough on it and Mauricio Sarri just collapsed to the turf from the sideline uh, couldn't believe what he had seen so they probably deserve to go through overall um, Tottenham minus three or four of their best players did mm. pretty well but did alright I'll tell you it's a good Thursday night Dave it's what five to ten and there's a lot more sport to come gonna go home Sit on the couch. Tiger Woods at Tory Pines. Yeah. Boom. Despite having, you know, a, not quite a newborn, but not a million miles away from having a newborn at home, will there not be a, a sleepless night ahead? Nah, she'll be fine. She'll be in bed by the time I get home. She'll wake up at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Happy days for everybody. This is more the type of... This is Dadcast so talk. on the Dadcast. Which yeah. is also available now. Like Golf, Week- Golf Weekly and the Dadcast keep you going for the weekend. What yes, more do you want? Do. It's pretty much well, my life. Donnie, don't turn on off the ball no. in its live form. Just in any to way. the podcast. Uh, OTB AM will be live tomorrow morning, as always, 7.45 on our social platforms and at offtheball.com. Adrian and Owen will be in studio. We'll be back on the radio tomorrow night where we'll bring you the best of tonight's Dublin Racing Festival show at the Sugar Club. Didn't, we didn't even have to mention it. Apparently there was great stuff going on at the Sugar Club. Vogue Williams wasn't there, but she'll be in Clonmel. Was but David Brady there? I don't even think David Brady was there either. But that was brilliant stuff. Jer was joined by an all-star lineup: Nikki English, Davy Russell, Rachel Blackmore, Patrick Mullins, and Kevin Kilban. So uh, that's coming up tomorrow night from 7 o'clock, so be sure to tune in for that. Tom Dunn is back on your radio, and he's up next. Dave, my thanks to you. Thank you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Good luck. Football on Off The Ball. Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in-play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store.